Hey, what's up, everybody? For your fix of fitness, health, life, and laughs, you know where it's at. That's right, it's at the podcast with your host, yours truly, Adam Pullman. In this episode of the podcast, I had a great opportunity to talk with Adam Schaefer from Mind Pump. Uh, Mind Pump is a fitness media company. Essentially, they've got a great podcast, number one health and fitness podcast in the world, I believe. Uh, amazing health and fitness podcast. If you don't listen to that, like you're seriously missing out, you definitely need to listen to Mind Pump. Um, they also have great fitness programs. Maps Fitness Products is where you can find that. Uh, but if you just go to mindpumpmedia.com, you can find out a lot more about their mission, what they're doing. And then if you're more, uh, if you're interested in learning more about Adam as uh, who he is as an individual, how he uh, operates his business, his views on fitness, whatever it may be, you can find him on Instagram with the handle Mind Pump. Adam. So uh, make sure you tune in. We talk about a lot. We talk about prioritizing your fitness with a kid, a young kid, uh, how to decipher good fitness information from bad fitness information in this world of instant gratification with social media, um, how to ask and interview trainers in person to make sure they're a good fit for you. We also talk about some of the the uh, details of Mind Pump, what they're trying to do in the fitness industry, as well as what the fitness, fitness industry looks like or will look like post-COVID. So make sure you tune into this episode. Let us know what you think. Uh, and yeah, hope you enjoy it. Thanks for being here. One of the first things that I kind of want to transition into is, you know, based on what we were just talking about is how you guys have, you guys in this space ha at Mind Pump have this, this separate mission to basically completely disrupt everything that's going on and the common, um, I don't know, message of motivation, you know, no days off, take this supplement, take that supplement. And dude, going, listening to you guys for a while uh, and then going onto, onto TikTok is like going in a freaking time machine. Like it is, <laughs> dude, it is unbelievable. Like it's like, there's a bunch of mini Lane Nortons out there just being assholes, <laughs> just being assholes all the time. This study is this study. This study's right. You can't take, it's like, it's, I didn't know that that stuff still existed. So, and I've heard Sal mention in, in, in episodes and interviews that you guys have done that, you know, you, you got to fight fire with fire and you guys have a different message, but you have to try to figure out how to market it the same way. So tying into that outside of a business perspective, going into the customer, consumer, everyday person's eyes, how, how can they have a better time? What can they do to kind of like differentiate what the quote unquote good information would be as far as sustainable health for a high quality of life from the bad information that being, you know, motivation is everything. Take this supplement. You got to be jacked and ripped to be healthy. How can, how can someone kind of, you know, watch this content and differentiate the two? Well, that's a good question. And here's the thing, from a consumer's perspective, uh, it's, we have to be smarter, right? So we, can, we have to be willing to put a little bit more effort than just be marketed to by TikTok, which is what a 15 second clip of something, right? Like right. We, ha we have to know that there's, there's, more, there's more to this conversation than just a 15 second, this study's better than this study, that's the answer, this is wrong, this is right which is part of why we don't even mess with TikTok right now. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's so short that we know that this is such a bigger conversation, but 
there's also this side of, you know, marketing and attracting new leads. And so we got to kind of fight fire with fire. And so an example of that, and this was, let me tell you, this was a, um, a challenging thing for us, right? So if we want um, to get found on Google from somebody who's never listened to podcasts, has no idea what Mind Pump is, and we want to somehow get them into our ecosystem so we can educate them on a better way to get in shape, we've got to use some of the gimmicky tricks that people click on. For example, you know, five steps to lose fat the fastest. Like, you know, for us, that's like, it's, it's like nails on the chalkboard when we first started. We're like, <laughs> uh, you know, like, oh, there's nothing, there's nothing fast about, you know, losing fat. Like it's a long process and it can be difficult and it's very individualized and it's nuanced. And, and so we, we just would cringe at content like that and get really irritated by the people that was perpetuating it. But the reality is that's what the, the consumer is at that level, right? They're at that level of awareness. They're not at where mind pump wants them to be, where they're like, Oh, they've realized there's all kinds of bullshit out there. And a lot of people are charlatans and I need to find what's best for me. There is still not in that phase yet. You know, they're still un unconsciously unaware of what's going on and we got to make them consciously aware that they don't know what they're doing. And so part of that fighting fire with fire is putting out some of those kind of catchy gimmicky titles to get you to listen or get you to read. And then when you do, then you get mind pump. Then you get the, the real content of like, listen, you know, you're here now. Uh, there's nothing easy about just losing fat. In fact, it's challenging for all these reasons. And let me tell you why. And anybody that just tells you to do this for 30 days is full of shit and it's not going to give you long-term results. And so that's like one of the things that we do to fight fire with fire is that we will put out catchy titles or, you know, the same type of crap that you see. But then when we pull you in, we kind of do a bait and switch, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not bait and switch to manipulate you. It's bait and switch to provide you the right information. And so we don't feel bad about it. But that was the challenge, right? Our marketing team for the longest time was like, guys, you've got to stop thinking so high level because sure, your audience who listens to you understands all this because you've been preaching it on a podcast for an hour and a half for hundreds, now thousands of episodes. But if you're Joe Smo out in Indiana and you've never heard of Mind Pump ever, and you're just happen to get on Google and you type in, you know, skinny guy trying to build muscle and the top 15 articles that pop up and none of them are us because we don't have any catchy titles that rank really high. Like we're never going to find that. That person's never going to find us. Mm -hmm. And so we have to find a way to play their game, but then also, you know, re-educate these people that are coming in. So that's kind of, and from now, if I, that's me speaking from a business perspective. If I'm speaking to the consumer, the consumer just needs to be smarter. Like you just, and I, I believe we are, like, I believe that the consumer today is more educated than the buyer just 10 years ago. Uh, because so much information is out there and you can Google. And I, I, we teach this on the podcast that even when not talking about what we're talking about, anything, you should always Google the opposing view, right? So if it's, um, you know, if I'm Googling why or how do I lose fat in 30 days, you know, then the follow-up Google should be like, why can't I lose fat in 30 days? Or, you know, mm -hmm. is it true? Like you should challenge the way you think and search all the time. And we're, we're moving into a time when that's going to be necessary to teach our children that because you saw social dilemma, you see the way the algorithm works. If you're always clicking and reading the same content, it's going to feed you the same bias, right? So right. you've got you, if as a consumer, you got to be smart and aware of that. And you've got to learn to seek out opposing ideas 
than what you're already currently reading or else the algorithm is just going to keep feeding you your own bullshit. And then you have no idea that you're in an echo chamber. And in that, in that case, you may be losing out on the really good information. And so I, I think that's important in uh, researching anything socially, economically, politically, uh, fitness related, like doesn't matter what you're researching. You know, I always try and challenge myself like, okay, if I type it in this way, it's going to give me the answer I want. So what's the opposite uh, of the answer I probably want? And let's Google that. And then let's read both articles. And then from there, I feel like I'm a smart enough person that I can disseminate the, 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 the truth from the two of them and arrive at my own ideas. And so I think this is important for everybody. I think consumers have to be thinking this way. If you're getting all your uh, you know, news and all of your fitness knowledge from TikTok and Twitter, uh, you're you're going to have a really tough time for the next <laughs> t- ten to fifteen years, you know. And that's what made podcasting so amazing is that it's long form. So if we could just convince you to get over to this podcast and listen to us talk for ninety minutes, you know, in there we can we can do a really good job of you know educating you if you're if you're tuning in for that long, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think those. That's that's a good two cents right there. It's definitely like an action of the consumer to go out of their way because like you mentioned, if you don't, you have these short mediums that are just shoving information down your throat and then you scroll on to the next thing and it's easy just to, without even thinking, because we're very bad at being present, without, a, without even thinking, just be like, okay, that's the truth, boom, next video. Right. That's the truth. Boom. Next video. That's the truth. Boom. Next video. Uh, because we don't have, we're, we're just so bad at being present and taking the time to actually mentally process the information that we're taking in. Uh, I think, I think that'll be definitely be helpful for, for the people listening, but I want to also take it into in person. You know, one of the things that I like to tell people when they're trying to figure out health and fitness, you know, when we were first talking, you mentioned how sure products are easier or excuse me, programs are easier to scale a business, a fitness business, because you're not, you don't have to stretch yourself so far. Right. But the coaching you mentioned has superior quality in the sense that you have someone walking you through literally everything and how it applies specifically to your life, your body, your schedule and whatnot. So one of the things that I try to tell people is like, Hey, if you're just getting into health and fitness, you're just starting to work out. Like there is immense value in even I mean hell you can nowadays you can freaking DoorDash or Uber for a few hours and save up some money just get two three four personal training sessions with someone that is good and have them walk you through okay here's how you do a squat here's how you do a deadlift and those few sessions alone can absolutely propel the results and progress that you see instead of you know living in a hamster wheel where you're constantly stuck wondering what's best. So the question is, Adam, how, how do you take that in-person, that consumer mindset in-person to a gym and maybe even interview the trainer and try to figure out, okay, how do I know that this person is a good fit for me? How do I know this person is not a good fit for me? What are some things that people can look out for when they're taking that conversation into a 24-hour fitness, into a Gold's Gym, whatever the hell it may be, uh, in order to figure out who is, who is working for their best interest as a trainer? Uh, ask them if they listen to Mind Pump. Yeah, that's, the <laughs> that's I mean that's 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 why that's why I, t- I mean that's the truth. Somebody asked me that. I get that asked all the time, right? Somebody asked like, listen, uh, we're the number one fitness podcast in the world. So uh, your trainer hopefully knows who the hell we are, and hopefully is listening to the content, or at least knows of us, right? And the information that we provide and somewhat aligns with the the information now. 
of course, that's uh, we laugh because that's silly, right? Uh, I can't expect everybody to know um, who Mind Pump is, but I, I tell you what, it's a great, it's a great start. I mean, there's a good mm -hmm. chance that one of the trainers in your in your gym uh, does listen. There's a very good odds of that. Um, so that's that's the first and foremost. As a consumer, it's really hard, right? Because you're still at the you know the five stages of awareness. You're still on that unconscious, unaware stage. So mm -hmm. it's hard for a consumer to come in and really know what to look out for. You know, it's like, it's, you know, here, me sharing my uh, insecurities. Like I am just like, I know nothing about my car engine. Like I didn't, I didn't have a dad really growing up. So I didn't like, you know, when it was time to change the oil or something broke down and when, instead of just, you know, sitting at the mechanic, we didn't pop the hood and like, you know, wrench on it a little bit. So, you know, here I, I've got this awesome, you know, 1968 classic Camaro SS that, I'm never driving because it, like when you have a classic like that, there's always something, a bolt loose or the fan's not working or the, sure. whatever, you know? Yeah. So, and, you know, I get teased all the time by my friends, like you got this freaking, you know, $80,000 classic car that we never see. And I was like, yeah, cause there's always something I gotta, I gotta tweak on it. And the truth is like, I'm just, I'm so unaware of where to start and where, where to fix it. And, and because it's not a high priority for me, just like fitness isn't for a lot of people, they're not putting the work in to learn or figure it out. And so I just go to a mechanic and say, Hey dude, something's wrong with this thing. Could you fix it? And I blindly trust that. Now the reality is that's a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are in that place where they're like, I'm fat, just fix me. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to do. And so then they're very susceptible to, you know, being duped by some trainer who doesn't know what they're doing or getting somebody who's brand new and still learning how to tweak on an engine themselves. And they don't know the, they don't know the better because they're unaware still. And so, you know, the thing that if, if a client really cares, like if they're, if they're talking to you and they're asking questions like that, then the best thing is to, to send them to resources, probably like your podcast or our podcast and like, listen and learn. And, and before you go in and you just hire a trainer, because yes, a trainer can be amazing, but just like you can have a, a great mechanic, you can also have a very bad mechanic and you can also mm -hmm. have a very bad trainer. And if you don't know the questions to ask them yet, uh, because you haven't done any of the research yourself, um, it's going to be really difficult for you to determine whether this trainer is, is good for you or not. And so, I mean, it's kind of cool though. Like we, we do live in this time where you know, podcasting has become, I mean, when we first started, you know, Adam, just like what, six years ago, um, nobody even knew what a podcast really was, or at least most of the people I knew didn't know. Um, it's just in that five year window. Um, I don't know anybody who doesn't know what a podcast is. In fact, we went from nobody really knowing what a podcast was to now, I don't know anybody who doesn't listen to at least one or two or three different podcasts. So, you know, the, the consumer is getting wiser. The medium is becoming more popular. And I think that it's a great place for people to learn. And so, I don't know, I would tell somebody to, you know, we've, and by the way, to, from a business perspective, we've thought about this. And so we have what 30 days of free coaching. And in our 30 days of free coaching, what we do is we literally, we, we comprise what we think is the 30 days worth of most valuable content that we can provide to like a new person who's trying to learn. Right. And so like day one is just like talking about protein, you know, day two is just about, you know, building muscle day three. And so every day we have a, a topic. So it's like a, a short read about that with some bullet points, some myths around it. There's an episode that we've talked 
specifically in depth about that. So that if you want to learn more about, let's say you get to day, day 13, which I think is like, you know, microbiome, which may be like way overhead of the head of most people. But then we get in there and we talk a little bit about it and say, if you want to learn more, click this episode and listen. That's something that we provide for free and it gets dripped to your email for 30 days. That type of stuff is we created that for that question, right? For somebody who's just like, okay, I'm totally unaware of what is right, what is wrong, what what type of information is good information coming from a trainer. And so I would tell somebody, you know, go to the Mind Pump 30 Days of Free Coaching, go through it, experience it, read it, listen to it, and then if you're go, when you go out to look for a trainer, you are looking to see if a lot of those things align with what he's he or she is telling you. And if you're hearing a lot of the counter message or stuff that doesn't align with that, you may not have a great trainer. You may have a trainer that is still learning themselves or uh, just completely unaware. Um, and so, you know, we thought about that, right? Because that's a common question that we get. And that is our solution to it is because we still recommend even from us, like we don't provide one-on-one coaching, but we still think it's extremely valuable and it's more valuable than just buying one of our programs. If you can find a coach like yourself in your area and he's good, he knows what he's doing. He's well-read. He listens to mind pump. He does all these things like, yeah, dude, you're going to be, you're going to be better at helping someone than I am virtually. So I definitely, we all still recommend that, but it's also really tough to find that. And so my recommendation is to find a source like that by doing your own research before you just go in and hire and pay for a trainer. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. like before I go in like perfect example, back to my Camaro. So fixing my Camaro is a lot different than, you know, fixing one of my other cars that I have less affinity for, right? Like whatever about my truck and the Mercedes and shit like that. I don't really care as much about those, but the, um, the Camaro is my baby and like, I won't just let any mechanic turn on it. So I, you know, I reach out to other people and look for other people that, uh, that know, uh, what they're talking about or in that space and like, you know, who works on your cars or who's the best in the area. And I do a lot of that before I just pull in it to some random place and say like, Hey, fix my car. Um, I, I take that type of care for it. I think you should absolutely do the same with your body before you just walk into a gym and say, Hey, you know, trainer, like I want to hire you, like you know, do a little research and you know, another thing that you can do is uh, most gyms have uh, a fitness manager. It's what I did for most of my career where you oversee um, all the personal trainers and go interview the boss. Go talk to the boss inside the gym and, and ask him or her, you know, what are the trainers like here? Who's who, there? How long they've been in the business for? What kind of education do they have? Like, you know, and look for somebody who's a veteran and educated. And that's who I might start with. Mm, I love that. And you know, it, we, we, we laugh, you know, like we laugh when you said, just listen to mind pump, but to back, to back that up and to add some validity, cause I'm sure some people are thinking like, well, that's cocky as hell <laughs> to just say, right. listen, listen to my podcast. But I mean, even, you know, speaking for myself, for those who are listening as a trainer, like mind pump has indirectly, I think the most important thing indirectly taught me how to communicate and how to be a better communicator. Um, beforehand, it was, it was the typical bullshit of like, I'm, I'm not trying to help the person, but I'm trying to sound impressive to my peers. So that way I feel respected because there's some sort of insecurity going on, or I found a study that's better than yours and whatnot. And then, you know, you listen to mind pump and it's like, okay, you can clearly tell that it's even keel 
there's no, there's no, there aren't any zealots here. Um, we're just looking out for what's best for the long-term health of the individual. So, to, I mean, to even say that it's, I wouldn't even say that that's silly because you guys do such a good job of, of communicating. And I think that rubs off on people who are listening, both as trainers and as who, as, and as consumers who are uh, looking for trainers uh, as well. When, when these people are going into, you know, health and fitness, you mentioned, let's gather information. Let's listen to mind pump, listen to that, you know, see what other people think about the trainer. And then I'm going to get these thoughts on this and these thoughts on this diet and squatting and calorie deficit and this, this, and this, we turn into what you like to talk about a lot of the time is paralysis by analysis, you know, right. Gathering all of this freaking information, dude, so much information. Uh, what we end up doing is looking for the next best piece of information because we think that one piece of information is going to change everything, but it's just this never ending cycle of the same shit over and over and over and over and over again. So do you have any advice for those people that feel like they already have a plethora of information and they're just paralyzed because they're analyzing too hard? What's, what can they do to just take that initial step? Well, there's, there's a couple of things, right? First of all, um, you know, there's a saying that goes, uh, a, a bad program done consistently is superior to a great program done inconsistently. Mm. So recognize that first, right? Uh, if you get in a place of paralysis by analysis and you're not really moving anywhere because you're always looking for the next best thing that you should be doing or the greatest, the next diet that everyone's doing, uh, or you're you're over calculating, uh, and that's what's keeping you from moving and doing things. Uh, you're you're not heading in the right direction. So simply being consistent about working towards your health and fitness is first and foremost, like making it a daily effort. Now, when I say that, I caution you though. I don't mean like make it so the more you do, the better you're you are either. It doesn't mean like okay, every day I'm going to be consistent and train hard. It's like whoa, whoa, whoa. no, just be consistently working towards bettering yourself and bettering yourself. Maybe one day learning more about nutrition. Another day might be going for a two mile walk. And, you know, sometimes uh, the simpler way is, is much better. And, you know, something that I used to scoff at when I was a 22 year old trainer talking to clients and I would be asking them what they did for their current health and fitness. And they would say like, Oh, I, I do two walks a day every day. And I would laugh and say, oh, that's not exercise you know, <laughs> right. walking. We all, you know, like you need to do this and you need to do that and blah, 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 blah. And the reality is I'm coming full circle. Like I, if I start with somebody who's like super motivated and they're like, okay, Adam, I, I got five days a week. I'll do the, I'll do whatever you tell me, tell me exactly what to eat. Tell me how to train. I'll do it all. And I actually always start like way less and I go, okay, well, listen, this is all I want you to do. All I want you to do is, track what you're eating. So I have an idea what it is, you know, just want to see and don't try and impress me. Don't go out of your way to eat better than you normally do eat how you were eating just last week before you met me. So I can get an idea of your eating patterns, right? So don't try just do that for me. And then all I want you to do is make an effort to, you know, walk every day for 30 minutes that you wouldn't normally do. So this doesn't include your, you know, grocery shopping, your, you know, walking to the car and all the things that you normally do. Uh, I want you to make time for yourself, maybe after dinner or lunch or, you know, in the morning, whatever, that 30 minutes a day, I just want you to go for a walk. And then I want you to learn this one thing. And I normally give them one thing that I want them to learn, whether it be the benefits of squatting or, you know, an article related to nutrition. 
And then that's it. Like that's, I don't want to add anything more to them. I think what happens when you, it's just like no different again, back to the analogy with the, the Camaro. Imagine everybody that's ever talked to me, every mechanic always says like, man, you really should just learn. This is the most simple engine ever. It's a crate motor. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's got like 10 things on it, Adam. Like you could totally figure this out. I'm like, yeah, maybe one day, but right now it's not a priority. But the truth is that's what I'm trying to get these these clients to do is they, they need to learn their engine. They need to learn their parts. They need to learn that stuff more importantly than just getting them up and running as fast as they possibly can. And so that approach as a trainer, I think is so important is just slowly educating them and giving them little bits at a time and letting them know that don't worry, we'll get to that stuff. Cause that's, you got to remember that as a coach, like these, a lot of these people, like this is common and I'm sure you're thinking about this person right now who is like, come to you and they are, have already done all this crazy research themselves. They're like, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about right. this? And what about that? And that's the same thing. Like, again, back to the car analogy, you know, here I am a guy, I know, you know, what about a supercharger or turbo in it? Or what if we do like, you know, posi rear end? Like what do we change? The guy's like, wait a second, bro. You don't even know how your engine works. And you're already wanting to add all these other things to it. Mm. I'm talking to my client the same way. It's like, let's slow your, slow your roll. I, you will get to that. We'll get to all that type of training. We'll get into those, the difference between keto and intermittent fasting. And we'll get to all that. I'm going to, that's my job as a coach is to teach you all these different things and the benefits of them. But what we don't want to do is throw the whole kitchen sink at you. Cause then what happens is it's hard for you and me and me, and I am a professional at this to measure where you're getting the best results from and what is the most sustainable thing for you. So my job, what I want to do is I want to give you just little bits at a time. We want to implement that. We want to be consistent with it. And then we want to measure how it's helping you in your, your health and fitness journey. And then we build upon that. And so don't worry all these things that you're asking me about. I'm going to educate you on. I'm going to take you through. I'm going to teach you. But we want to start here. We want to build a solid foundation. We want to build consistency. And then we'll slowly add to it. That conversation is, you know, 10 years of training, Adam, versus you know, the guy who scoffed at the, the walking would write out the intense workout program, write exactly what they need to eat and slide it over the desk and say, all right, <laughs> here's your, here's your meal plan. Here's your workout plan. You know, the next 60 or 90 days, let's go. You know, like that was like how I approached everything. And here's the thing, if you're a good motive and here's where like trainers get this false idea that, that this is a good idea. It's like, I've gotten lots of people success that way. It's not like that's a failing formula. Like you can definitely give people all the answers to the test and motivate them to fill in the right answers and push them for those 90 days and get them to the result. Like, of course. But then the problem with that is they haven't, they haven't learned the right behaviors along the way. They basically just got the answers to the test. And so when they go off on their own and they inevitably get themselves in the same situation again, where they put on the body fat or joint pain comes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then they're back to square one and they are relying on you to take them again. Now, again, as a young trainer, I thought this was a winning formula. It was, it built uh, value in me. It built the need for me like, oh, okay. Like, you know, I'm going to give them all the answers because every time they're going to get back in this predicament, they're going to come back and hire me again. And I thought that was like true success to me. It was like, I'm badass. I have all the answers. <laughs> I give you the answers. You see the results. When you go off on your own, you don't know what the hell to do and you fall out of shape and then you have to come back and hire me again. Right. And, you and you think that's a pretty good business model because it's like, you know, hey, that keeps them all coming back. They see great results from me. But it it's becomes a whole new level when 
you fundamentally changed someone's life and you've taught them everything that they need to know to do it themselves. Because what you don't factor in is after that person leaves me and may never come back to me because I've given them everything they need to basically go on the rest of their life to, to keep themselves in good shape. That person forever becomes this walking billboard where they sing your praises Absolutely. versus maybe to someone who got in great results and, you know, talked about how awesome Adam is once or twice to a few people, but now they're out of shape. They feel shitty about themselves. And so they only talked and bragged about me for six months, you know, the six months that they were in shape. Now they're out of shape and they never talk about me again because they feel guilty about themselves versus the lady or the guy that I get in incredible shape. They leave me, they never come back. But for the next 10 years, anytime someone asks them about fitness, they go, you got to go talk to this guy, Adam. Mm -hmm. This guy knows his stuff. He'll change your life. I've never been happier. I, you know what I'm saying? And they've been singing your praises for 10 years. If you build enough people like that, you'll never have to advertise your business again. You'll constantly be getting referrals. And that was the back half of my career like that. And it became so much easier. Like it was such a hustle and grind. The first like five to 10 years for me with training is always looking for the next lead, the next person. Uh, that I was going to get results to and then kick off and then be the next person. And I was successful doing that, but I never had so much success as easy as I did until the back half when I realized how important teaching these people uh, the, the tools so they didn't actually need me. So my goals changed. It was no longer just get these people on results. It's like, can I teach them the things that really are going to help them forever? Even if maybe I never even get to intermittent fasting or maybe I never even get to these like, things they originally because they don't necessarily need those things i mean you could go the rest of your life and like let's talk about the things that are super popular intermittent fasting keto diet vegan diet carnivore diet like these are all these popular trends right now i can give people the tools and teach them what they need to know and never even scratch the surface of those conversations and that is like the way i i started thinking later on is like how do i get them to never need me again and if I could build that in one person or two people, then now I have these billboards forever that will always be singing my praises. And that did wonders for scaling the business. Oh yeah. I mean, it's so true. I did this, you know, and that just, that stuff just takes, you know, years and experience and wisdom, but I remember doing the same thing of like, okay, you know, you're supposed to eat this many grams of protein. If you're coming into me uh, and crying because, you know, you used to get 50 grams of protein and you can't find a way to get 150, then I don't want to work with you and you're never going to get it done. <laughs> you right, know, right. So you look, you right. look back and you're just like, oh my gosh, I was a horrible human being. Um, yeah. But over time you do learn those things. And it's so true. Of like, there's, there's this massive message out there of like, I mean, even still, which I, I still don't understand and can't believe, but it's like, Hey, you know, your, your true health is if you are, you know, eating your meals, completely meal prepped, you're looking like a fitness competitor, you're, you're 100% dialed into fitness when the reality is no, no, no. Like you mentioned, you're just making a conscious effort, uh, just starting with, you know, a walk or hey, you know, you, you, you never got a serving of greens. Let's try to do that like three times this week. And right. it's those basic habits and those foundational principles that allow you to build and scale and propel, you know, similar to like you've talked about with, you know, with a business, you know, you're not, you're going to get paralysis by analysis if you're, if you don't even have a product or you don't even have an audience or you don't even know your values and your core purpose and you're worried about your, your email sequencing, you 100%. know, it's, it's the same thing of like, you just got to start, you just got to start at square one and then just right. kind of go from there. Um, for, and for those, for those individuals that, you know, they, they, they've done that, they've seen those results, but for some reason they're still 
you know, they're still stuck on this, this concept of weight loss. And my only true measure of value and success is when I see that scale go down. You know, I was talking with a trainer yesterday and we were talking back and forth about one of the clients that he is working with and she's lost, you know, 75 pounds, uh, has done an amazing job. Uh, but she's hitting a little bit of a plateau and she, she's, he's, he's working hard to try to get her mind off of, uh, that scale off of weighing herself off of seeing that number going down as her success in her health and fitness. When you deal with someone like this, it's in this situation. How do you help them shift that mindset from success comes from weight loss to, Hey, maybe, maybe I should focus on how my squat feels, or maybe I should focus on my strength or my performance in the gym. What are some things that you do uh, or that you would recommend to help that individual shift their mindset? Well, the first thing I do is I, I, I draw this straight line on a piece of paper and then I have two endpoints and I say, here's, this is the spectrum of, of weight loss and uh, for perfect results. And, we're, and when you are perfectly balanced right in the middle, I draw another line, we are in the perfect place and there's, it, there's no faster way, there's no healthier way, there's no better way that you can lose body fat. And where that is, is we have this beautiful exchange, which let me tell you, it's very hard to be right on this line, but that's our goal as a trainer, right? Is I want to get you on this line where mm -hmm. I am losing body fat at a similar rate as I am building muscle. So I am not seeing much fluctuation on the scale. Now it's very hard to do, but that's my goal. My goal is every time you lose two or three pounds of muscle or two or three pounds of fat, I'm also building two or three pounds of muscle in you. And we're kind of hovering around the same way that exchange that ratio nothing is going to get you fitter faster now because that plays a lot of mental uh games with people because they don't see the scale moving they tend to sway to the other ends of the spectrum and if all you care about susie to lose 30 pounds that's very easy i'm going to just push you all the way over on this end of the spectrum stop eating food come in exercise every single day i promise you in 15 days we'll lose that 30 pounds now that sounds that sounds ridiculous because I've got you all the way over on this and you'll probably die at that rate, right? Like mm -hmm. so, I don't really want you to do that, but I just need to I just need to get you to understand how this spectrum works. Your you someone coming in and saying, Adam, I just want to lose thirty pounds as fast as I possibly can, and all I care about is getting off the scale. That means you want to be on this end of the spectrum. And what I'm telling you, what's on the end of the spectrum is don't eat food, exercise every single day. Nothing will get you there to get the scale down faster than that. But I think you're, you're wise enough, even without the education and fitness, to know that's probably not a healthy way. Well, most people understand that absolutely not eating. But the reality is a lot of people, and I'm pointing at the spectrum here, are hovering over on this end. They're, they're pushing their bodies so hard because they care so much just about moving the scale that they're under-consuming, they're over-training, and they're, they're flirting with this. They're flirting with that side. And I need to get you more towards this middle range and the, the biggest challenge with the middle range is the mental piece, is the mental hurdle it is for clients. Because I understand that when you, you come in here and you hire a guy like me and you hire me to get you to lose 30 pounds and you've been training with me for a month and we get on the scale and you haven't moved a pound on the scale, you think I'm a terrible trainer. And I rightfully so, because it's like, I want to lose 30 pounds on the scale and we're hovering the same. But what I'm telling you is to get the 30 pounds of fat off like you want and to maintain it for the rest of your life, this is where we want to be. But I've got to get you to understand that this is the right way to get there because it's the most sustainable, the healthiest, and it's what's going to allow you to be able to keep that off for the rest of your life. So let me ask you, Susie, 
do you just care about getting that 30 pounds off the scale and you don't care about anything else? Or do you want to lose the 30 pounds and keep it off for the rest of your life? Mm -hmm. So that's the presentation for that. And then okay. you get the, you get them to commit to you that, well, of course, Adam, I want to lose it. I don't want to just lose it and put it back on. I want to lose it for the rest of my life. Okay. If that's the case, this is the, this is the way that we do this. And I'm is an that, older guy, right? I'm, I'm, I'm an eighties baby. So I, I also use the, uh, I posted on my Instagram probably like, I don't know, six months ago or what about that? The old, uh, you know, days of thunder, um, movie. I don't know if you've ever seen days of thunder before. I haven't, but, but it's, it. okay. So Tom Cruise, uh, short story for you, like this, I, cause I like this analogy, uh, for this is, you know, he's a, he's a race car driver and he knows nothing about his car. He doesn't know anything about tires. He doesn't know anything about the engine. He knows nothing whatsoever, but he's just a badass at driving. That's just, he's, he was born with the skill. And he finally gets paired up with a coach who's going to educate him on, you know, how, what we, how we need to drive this car. So we win a race. It's not simply just going as fast and as hard as you can, because if you do that, you burn up the tires, you burn mm. up the engine. And in a long race of 500 laps, you'll end up blowing the motor. You'll end up tearing up the tires. And the, the movie, the first half of the movie is this struggle back and forth between this coach trying to tell one of these be the best drivers ever, one of the fastest drivers ever, that he's got to learn how to drive differently if he wants to win and he wants it to be sustainable. And so he does this analogy where he takes him out to the track and he says, okay, we're going to run 50 laps your way. And then we're going to run 50 laps my way. And he allows him to go drive as fast as he can. And then he takes him and he, he then he does his 50 laps and he comes at the end of the race at the end of doing the 50 laps, he shows him his tires and he shows him the tires when he drove the car. And then he shows him the time. And the coach is like, look at my tires they're in perfect condition and your time was you know five seconds faster and that's like the the moment he has this epiphany that mm. even though he thinks he's a faster better driver this way there's a better way i think the same thing is for coaching and stuff it's like yeah i can get you real quick lose 15 pounds off the scale but what i know in the long race and the you know the, the the race of life and health which is a long pursuit it's not a six week or a month long pursuit. It's a lifelong pursuit. Um, this is going to be the faster, the most sustainable, the best way to win. Uh, but just simply caring about how fast can we get there? That meant that mindset is a, is a losing mindset. That is a perfect analogy. Now I want to watch that movie because I love, I'm a huge yeah. analogy nerd and that's like yeah. spot on. Um, what I, what I want to know, Adam is, is, uh, more about, more about your fitness and kind of personally, what has forced you to do what you're doing now? And I guess, you know, I've heard you talk a lot about in interviews and, and just even mind pump in general, the, the pivots that you guys were quote unquote forced to make in order to grow and scale, even though you might've not wanted to from a business perspective, but what have you been kind of quote unquote forced to do to change um, in your health and fitness in order to continue to continue growing? I know, uh, I, th I think you've mentioned that you've had, you know, hip issues and some back stuff and mobility was a part of that. But um, you know, if you, if you'd like to talk about that, is there anything else that you've kind of had to be like, okay, I've been neglecting this. And in order to improve the way I move, the way I uh, feel, perform, uh, function as a human being, I'm going to have to do this stuff. What are those things for you? Well, first, you know, there's nothing that I, I have to do, right. It's just that my, my goals are always changing. And I encourage this for people too. I think, uh, not only for sanity reasons, uh, I think it's a, a healthier relationship with exercise and diet to do this. Um, when we get fixated on just one specific goal and that's all we're ever thinking about it, it, 
it's really tough to be consistent with that forever. And what I mean by that is like somebody who's just focused on the way they look and that's all you care about. Right. It can, it, what, what you start to realize, you know, and uh, I have obviously firsthand experience, not just with clients, but, you know, pushing myself to that level, to, uh, to the professional competitive level, right? There's nothing that probably exaggerates that, that sentiment than getting on stage with people and at 3% body fat and comparing yourself to other people. Like that's, I don't think there's anything that's more aesthetically driven than that. And what's dangerous about that is, you know, even when you're there, like, it's, it's, it's funny if you're somebody who is doing that and you are unaware of your insecurities that motivate you to do that, what you find is that you, you never really reach happiness. You're never satisfied. Like you just keep you, there's always a flaw. There's always, you can be better or somebody, there's always somebody who's going to be better than you. And so you're constantly allowing your insecurities on how you look to drive you. And that can be a really unhealthy relationship with uh, exercise and diet. And so I really think it's important that we all kind of change our goals all the time. Like, I think it's, uh, I don't think any of us do it enough. I mean, even Justin, Sal and myself, I think can do it more. Like we're, we're just as guilty of falling in the, the trap of kind of following a similar routine or, you know, always wanting to build strength or, you know, Justin always liking to do unconventional training or squat or Sal always liking to lift heavy deadlifts. Like we're all guilty of falling in this trap of doing the same stuff over and over. And I think it's really important that we are always reevaluating what our goals are, how they align with where we're at in our life. Like I think uh, training for aesthetics, like competing is, could be extremely unhealthy. Like it's, uh, luckily for me, uh, I was at a different place going into it, so I could manage the way I thought as I went through it. But I knew while I was doing it, I wasn't unaware that I was totally sacrificing like mobility and other things, right? Like my focus was not mobility. It was not strength. It was, can I, can I get my pecs to look better than the other guy's pecs right. in the next three, in the next three months? Like, that's all I care about. And I also think there's, if you have the right mindset going into that, there's nothing wrong with that too. Hey, if a client comes to me and they're like, I want to build and sculpt my physique better than I ever have before. And it's not driven from a place of insecurity. I think that can be a lot of fun and you could learn a lot, man. I mean, taking your body to the most extreme level of fitness, you learn a lot about nutrition. You learn a lot about yourself along that way. And so I see lots of value in it, but I also see that you can get stuck in that just like anything else, like we see in our space, like so many people, this is where Mind Pump wanted to disrupt our space. So many people get stuck in their ideology or their philosophy of exercise and training, and they never move away from it. And I, mm -hmm. I think that's unhealthy. I think it's unhealthy for anybody. If you're just a mobility guy, and just because you have great flexibility and mobility, and that's all you ever do, I don't think that's, that's that healthy. I think there's other aspects of health that are extremely important. I think learning to move in and out of different challenges um, can be difficult in health and fitness because most of us are driven in a direction, whether it be fat loss, muscle building, aesthetics, strength, doesn't matter what your goal is. Most of the time it's, it's rooted in some sort of an insecurity that made us want that at first. Oh, I was a weak guy. So True. I wanted to yeah. be, you know, I wanted to be really strong or I was the fat girl. And so all I want to be is lean and skinny or whatever, whatever it may be. Many times we're driven by an insecurity and 
just because we're pursuing this way in fitness doesn't necessarily mean we have a healthy relationship with exercise. So I'm always reevaluating that with myself. Like, I mean, I knew going into competing that I, I had a good relationship with exercise, but it doesn't mean that still doesn't challenge those insecurities. I mean, talk about uh, a challenge. I remember feeling this, right? Right. I go through competing. I reach my goal, right? The goal was get to the professional level uh, so I can build my Instagram. I can, I can show people the right way to do it. There's a healthy way to, to get to this level of fitness and ultimately build this podcast and this business, use that pool of people to, to catch that momentum. And I did that. And now when I, after I reached that point, I knew it was time to transition out of that. Like there was no reason for me to be that, uh, that crazy about exercise and diet, um, because that can be unhealthy, right? I mean, Absolutely. weighing and measuring your weighing and measuring your food every single day and never missing a workout and sacrificing family and things like that to be consistent with your workouts is not a healthy way to live long-term. So the minute I no longer needed to do it anymore, I knew it was time to move out of it. And it was time to be focused on other aspects I was neglecting. For example, mobility, like you pointed out, my hips, my low back were bothering me. I had bursitis in my hips. I had low back pain because I wasn't squatting to full depth. I wasn't doing any mobility exercises. I was purely training to look a certain way. But I, and I, but I knew that. I knew that I was sacrificing that because that wasn't the goal at the time. Now, when I transitioned out of that and decided, okay, it's time to start addressing my, my joint health, my pain that I'm dealing with, my bursitis, I know what to do. So I start moving that direction. Well, what is inevitably going to happen when I stop caring so much about my aesthetics and I start focusing on mobility? I'm going to lose some of my, yeah, I'm going to lose some of my aesthetics. I'm no longer going to be the guy who walks in the gym and is the most buff or get the eyes turning around looking at me every time I walk in a place because I, I'm so put together aesthetically. Uh, I now look a little more average. That definitely, even being as advanced as I am uh, in, in training and nutrition and also aware of my own insecurities, that still played a, played a role in that struggle to transition. Like even where I'm at, like that, that's hard. And why I, I love talking about something like this is I know with all of my experience that if I still am challenged with those insecurities and I'm aware of all that stuff, I know your average person who's not thinking about that 100% is, and they mm -hmm. struggle with that and they allow that to dictate, you know, which way they should go in their fitness goals because they're driven so much by their insecurity. So I like to challenge that. So sometimes like when I first moved out of the whole mobility or moved out of the competing thing into the like kind of mobility world, um, like I would intentionally kind of let my, you know, muscle go. Like I'd be, ah, I know I need to keep this frequency up on my arms and my chest in order to even think I'm going to maintain that size. And I would intentionally not do it. Oh, I'm going to go meditate instead, or I'm going to go sit in the sauna instead, or I'm going to go do other mobility drills instead, knowing that if I wanted to keep that muscle, what I should do is go make sure I frequently hit it and keep that volume up. But I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm still fit. I'm still, I'm healthy. I'm getting healthier. You know, just because I don't have 30 more pounds of muscle on my body doesn't mean that I'm, I'm like falling out of shape. And yet we have that, we have that perspective though, right? Like the, we, because we, we live in this social media bubble where we look at the, you know, the Steve Cooks and these, these gorgeous physiques that, you know, look like they maintain perfect aesthetic year round all the time. And that way of living is truly not a healthy way of living. I don't care how they try and present it and try and sell you on the idea that they have balance. 
No, it's really not. They're, they're neurotic about their fitness and nutrition. And, you know, maybe that part of them is that, that aspect of their life is healthy, but that same person is normally also the person who is sacrificing relationships and family and connections Sure. And work, working on growing inside, you know? Yeah, and now they've built this. And now they've built this uh, persona, this uh, this image that, hey, this is what health looks like. And now they have this subconscious, like, expectation and demand to keep up with that sort of physique and that aesthetic. Because if they don't, 100%. they are therefore, according to themselves, or at least what their following perceives, uh, unhealthy, considered unhealthy if they don't continue that. And like you said, it's just how how long are you going to keep that up? You can't, you know, hundred percent, hundred percent. You can't, you can't find that balance in life either. So regarding that balance in life and, and just figuring out what to prioritize, you know, we have, we have a lot of parents that listen to the show. You mentioned you got a one-year-old boy. I'm sure I would imagine, I don't have kids, but I would imagine that the time allocated for taking care of your health and fitness has probably changed a lot from your son's birth to now even, uh, what is it looking like for you as far as finding a way to prioritize your health? How would you recommend that people do that when they're, when they're raising a young child? Well, I definitely think it's similar. It's actually similar advice that I give to uh, women trying to get pregnant. Uh, the same thing goes for the men. A lot of the hard work is done leading up to the pregnancy, right? A lot of the hard work is done leading up to having my son. So a lot of the discipline of training and eating, and making sure that I put myself in a, a really good position metabolically um, before I go into a time where I know that I'm going to probably be sacrificing hours in the gym. Like, uh, and that's just where I'm at now, right? I'm, I'm the type of guy that, you know, on the podcast, if you've listened to episodes three years back, uh, would talk, you know, would be talking about how I love to go to the gym seven days a week. Like I just love going and having that consistency. It doesn't mean that I'm lifting hard at seven days a week. It just means that I like to dedicate that hour to the gym every single day, hour, hour and a half, every single day. And some, and so that just doesn't happen now. I mean, now a lot of times uh, the day at work ends and it's, you know, say four o'clock and I'm heading home and I have an option. Do I go work out right now for an hour or do I get home and catch my son before it's dinner time and play with him for an hour and a half to two hours, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you better believe that he wins more often than not, right? I'd rather be a father who... Um, is more present in his life, even though I've got an incredible partner that would carry that load for me if I wanted, if I needed to stay ripped, you know, if I needed to be the fit fitness Instagram guy, like if that was necessary, um, I have a partner that would, you know, respect that and say, oh, go, you know, do your thing. But I care more about being a, a better father than I care about being a better, you know, Instagram model. So, <laughs> I mean, I sacrifice oh, that. But Right. I sacrifice that. But then at the same time, too, I'm also aware of what's happening. Right. Like I know that. Um, and this is where this is hard for maybe our listeners. Right. Like I know that when you cut out, you know, someone who was lifting seven days a week and I dramatically re reduce that to maybe two times or three times a week, um, that is a lot less steps. That's a lot less heartbeats. So there's a huge, there's a, there's a lot less signal being sent to my body that I need to build muscle and I need more calories. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a huge swing in my, my daily consumption. And so that's somebody, and, and we're using my child right now, but this could be somebody who had a very um, active job that went to a desk job. And this happens to a lot of people. This happened to me. I was a trainer for 
many years. And then I opened up these the cannabis dispensaries and I was all of a sudden sitting at a desk. So I went from 10 hours a day lifting, moving weights with people to all of a sudden sitting at a, a desk. And that was like one of the biggest rude awakenings I had in, uh, around this conversation is, man, what a dramatic difference. I couldn't, I couldn't just keep doing what I was doing. I had to adjust my eating and make an effort to go out and move more to try and counter the amount of body fat that I was putting on so rapidly. And this goes the same for, you know, the moms and the dads that have a child that one setting up your, your good behaviors, your good practices, your uh, good diet and good training leading into the pregnancy so that you're, you're metabolically healthy and you've got some good muscle mass that you could potentially sacrifice a little bit if you had to. And then you have the child and that becomes probably your number one priority, like most good parents. And you're okay that your training regimen goes from five to seven days a week down to two to three times a week. And you just learn to now adjust also your caloric intake. And I'm sure people listening right now are wanting to hear some numbers on what that is, but that's going to be so individualized to the person. Like, right. Yep. I could, I, 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 I would be a fool to tell you like, oh, so I had to just cut back uh, 980 calories a day and <laughs> I was able, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that's going to be yeah. so individualized, but that, that is where you, if you did your due diligence of kind of tracking, figuring out where you were uh, leading up to having the baby. And then now, you know, okay, wow, I'm dropping off three, four days of lifting. Plus I'm also sitting around with a baby or especially newborn time. Like all I did was lay on the couch and he sleep on my chest. Like that's literally like your first six months of having a child mm -hmm. is laying around the house all day long. Like I couldn't wait till he got to this age to where he wanted to go to the park and run around and play. At least then I could get some activity, which is, that's kind of my life now. Like uh, I love to sit in my squat and scroll position and kind of do some of my mobility drills Why and barefoot on the grass with my son right now this is what we were doing just yesterday for like two two and a half hours of my day now does that compare to a you know heavy squat and deadlift session like no like it still is nowhere near the calorie expenditure as that and the demand that my body needs for additional calories to build muscle but it's at least movement and it is at least improving how my body moves because i'm addressing mobility stuff and so i still got to adjust calories and i can't allow myself to still consume more but I'm also improving my, you know, my foot and ankle strength and I'm, I'm improving my ankle and my hip mobility. And I'm also getting to play with my son at the same time. It's like, to me, that is like, that's where I'm at in my fit. That's an, that's an awesome day of fitness for me. Can right. I stay mobile and active, get grounded, get barefoot, play with my son. So he'll, he'll remember that time and we're connecting and bonding. Like that may not count for the person who's, driven by only aesthetics and looking a certain way because they didn't make it to the gym. They didn't measure their food out for the day, but I'm not at that point in my life right now. Like that's mm -hmm. not a, that's not even a close to a top priority. My top priority is him first. And can I integrate some good, healthy uh, and healthy fitness practices while also being with him? That's a win for me. Absolutely. And we also have to consider too, you know, when we think of, okay, I just had a, <clears throat> I just had a kid or I just had a major, <clears throat> excuse me, job change. Uh, and I need to prioritize my health, we automatically think, okay, how can I make sure I'm, I'm eating healthy and I'm, and I'm exercising formally, but we tend to neglect, well, what does that mean for my mental and emotional health as well? Right. You know, that's, that right. also comes in that spectrum of health. And, you know, 
we have to ask ourselves the question of, hey, if you're skipping out on time with your, your kid or whatever it may be, so you can go to the gym for two hours to get a pump and, and, and set your deadlift personal best, you know, sure, that might be okay for your physical health, but long term, maybe not even that long over the course of months, how good is it for your mental and emotional health to feel like you never get to be with your kid? You know, at what point does that start to take a toll on your overall health? I think it, it's definitely something to consider as well. Yeah. And, and, and you know what, and one of the things I want to be careful, like I don't want to be somebody over here who's standing up on his, in his ivory tower and pointing at how other people do it. Like I'm also not, uh, you know, I'm not a guy who gets up at four or five. I'm not a Jocko, right? Like I, I've never been able <laughs> right. to discipline myself to get up at four o'clock in the morning, every morning and exercise. Like, you know, I guess I'm sleeping. So, you know, if you're somebody who's a dad or a mom and, you've got great discipline to get up at the crack of dawn and get an hour training session in and still be a very present mother or father, like more power to you. Like I'm not knocking that person either. I just want to make that clear. Like just because I've moved down to two days a week or three days a week of training doesn't mean that you're a bad father or mother because you train five or seven days a week. You absolutely can be a very present parent and still only dedicate an hour of fitness a day if you make it work. So I just, I'm, I'm different. Like, believe it or not, even though I'm this like fitness guy and I've been in the industry for two decades and, and most people, uh, found me or met me as a bodybuilder or a men's physique guy, they may, they may think that I'm, I'm, that's really not who I am. Like I'm, I'm actually a, a lot more into sports and, you know, watching movies and, hanging out and doing other shit, wakeboarding and snowboarding. And like, mm-hmm. I'm not a, I'm not like a hardcore fitness need to be jacked guy. Like that's just not who I am. So I think sometimes it's, uh, it's hard for people for, to, to, to understand that because they, they found mind pump or they found me uh, through this like hardcore fitness journey. And they think like, Oh, Adam's changed so much. No, not really. I'm the same guy I was when I was 28. Of course I'm more mature and I've learned and I've grown, but I mean, the things I'm into, I'm that same person. I just did the competing thing to, to prove a point, to show people that I could do this. You could do this on your own. You don't need a coach. There's a healthy way to do it and to build authority and credibility so I could then build a podcast and then build a business online. It was never who I was. I never identified as a bodybuilder. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I like to think I'm more of a family man than I am that guy too. Like, so I care more about my quality time with my wife and and keeping her happy and making sure that, you know, she feels like our relationship is continuing to grow and we're not getting more distant because this happens a lot with people. They have a child and maybe they're a good dad or a good mom, but they become so focused on that aspect of the relationship that they forget that it all starts with their partnership with the person they created that human being with. And they actually grow apart instead of together. And that has to be the number one priority. So, you know, when I, every day I wake up, that's where, that's my one and two right there. Number one, Katrina, number two, my son, and then everything else kind of follows into suit. Like, so, you know, those things happen. A lot of times I, I sacrifice a gym day to go do something romantic and spontaneous with my girl. And like, to me, that's ultimate health for me. It's not, uh, I've already, to me, I've already proven I can have one of the best bodies, you know, mm-hmm. in the world. I, I, I don't, I don't need to, to chase that or feed that part of my ego. As long as I'm staying healthy, uh, maintaining a good, healthy body fat percentage, a good amount of strength, good joint mobility, 
um, and then really focusing on the other aspects of my life, man, that, that to me is, is true health for me where I'm at right now. Yeah. It seems like it's a, it's mostly a, a, a level of acceptance. You know, a lot of people will, will try to keep that up with those same expectations and they won't accept the fact that, Hey, life's just different now. Like you're, you won't, if you don't accept that, it's never going to get easier. And if you don't accept that and have the expectation that you're going to keep that crazy physique up, like you're just going to beat your head into a wall. So you have to be willing to just say, okay, this is life now, you know, where are my priorities shifting uh, because of that? One, one, one thing I want to, I want to touch on before um, we, we end our time here is a, a question that I'm sure you've been asked 50,000 times. So what's another time going to hurt? Uh, where do you see, where do you see the fitness space heading with uh, COVID, the pandemic, because even before this, we, I mean, I don't know, at least in my opinion, we were already taking a heavy shift into one, a lot of people working out at home, home gyms, gaining a lot of popularity. Um, companies and businesses are taking off in that space. We're also getting a lot of tech advances, allowing people to exercise from home. And then bam, you have this well, and also if you take into consideration, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but I'm pretty sure it's more than like half of people that have gym memberships don't even go. So then right. you have that and then the pandemic comes in and basically blows the whole thing up. So, if, you know, taking those things into consideration and then the pandemic, where do you see the fitness space heading when all of this stuff kind of clears up? Yeah, this, you know, this is a really interesting question and um, I have a lot of thoughts on it, uh, mostly speculation. Um, I can't prove that this is what's going to happen, but um, I will share some, some statistics. When COVID first hit, um, you know, the numbers were, they did surveys on a lot of uh, avid gym goers, not your weekend warriors, the people that go consistently. Um, and they took a survey on what percentage of those people uh, would never come back and what percentage of those people said they may come back and what percentage of those people uh, said absolutely they're coming back. And <clears throat> over 20%, I think it was 23%, uh, of the people surveyed said they would they would actually never come back again. And then you had another 20-something percent said they were uncertain. And then you had about 40-something percent said they for sure were coming back. So there's a, a good amount of people. Now, that was at the beginning, towards the beginning of COVID. They recently did another survey like that. And that the new number is now 50-something percent of people oh say gosh. they're never returning to a gym. And I think there's, there's multiple reasons for that. I think, uh, one... Uh, early on when that survey was taken, I think we thought that this thing may be a few weeks or a month and we would be back to normal. Uh, and so a lot of your people were like, yeah, you know, I'm, we're working out at home, but I can't wait till my gym opens up and I'm coming back because I miss it. And that's easier and it's consistent. Yeah. And then I think more people started to realize like, oh shit, this may be longer than just one or two months. And I may not be in my able to even go to my gym for six months to a year, I better figure out another way of exercising. And so here is the rise in Peloton and uh, businesses like Mir and Tonal and, um, you know, just at home workouts are exploding right now because people are in the uh, businesses like PRX that create, uh, you know, at home gyms that fold in your fold away to your wall. Like they're exploding right now because people are, are forced to find another way to work out. And what I think we're finding is that a lot of people are actually kind of okay with it. And in fact, a lot, and they did other surveys on this of what, how many people were really liking this. And they're like, man, I, I think I like this new way of exercise. Like I didn't think I would like it, but it's felt it's allowed more flexibility and I can actually train like 
multiple times through the day. And yeah. And so, and wow, when I look at the expenses, even though it was a big expense to buy all this equipment, you know, now that it's paid for, like within a year's time, that's what my gym membership would be. So now I don't have any more expenses. Like, so I think that what we're seeing is that there, I think it's going to, fitness is going to be done very differently in 2021. Uh, and we're in the middle of that transition. And if you're a trainer and a business operator uh, and you're not thinking about how you need to pivot, yeah. um, I, th I think you're going to be left behind. Um, I like to think that what we did uh, six years ago um, was forward thinking. Now, we had no freaking idea it was going to be COVID that was the you know, straw that broke the camel's back. But I do believe that you know, part of what motivated Sal, Justin, myself, and Doug to build what we did is we really thought that fitness was going to change no matter what. Like we thought that it had been kind of stale and stagnant. And I think living in the Silicon Valley where we're at, we're around a lot of tech companies that are very forward thinking. And we've trained a lot of CEOs yeah. that are creating things that are, you know, futuristic. And so I think a lot of us were blessed and lucky to be like, looking at our own business model and going like, why hasn't it not evolved more than like the basic gym membership trainer works you out in the gym? And like, why has it, why are we watching all these other industries evolve and not ours? And we really believe that we would be part of the wave that would help, you know, change that. And what we do here is try and provide the similar type of service that I would provide back in the day inside of a gym one-on-one. -on -one. Can I give you know, instead of the average, you know, 30 to 50 client portfolio that I would have, can I give that same type of service to millions of people uh, virtually? And we couldn't do that 10 years ago. 10 years ago, we didn't have the technology. We didn't have the streaming capability. We didn't have the, the, the connectivity with social media. Like it just didn't exist like it exists today. And today, you know, although, you know, nothing will ever replace one-on-one -on -one with Adam, um, I can get pretty damn close to providing, you know, 80% of my value uh, through a virtual type of business for people. And I think that that's been happening and it's been happening for a few years. And I think COVID is what has really pushed people in that uh, direction and forced them to figure that piece out. And I think what we're finding is, you know, there's a 50-50 percentage of those people that actually are really enjoying it and are seeing great results from it and are having success and may never come back to this old model. So I think what we're going to see after COVID finally um, goes away or we get a vaccine for it, I think what we're going to see is a different model. I think, uh, I think a lot of your average gyms are going to close. I think that, I think gyms will still exist. Um, there'll be more boutique. It'll be more like uh, when we first started you know, 20 years ago, <clears throat> a basic 24 hour fitness membership was like, you know, three to $500 to sign up. And it was like an $80, you know, 60 to $80 a month membership. That same company, you know, even though most other things get more expensive in time, you know, like, you know, our cars today are more expensive than what they were 20 years ago. A gym membership has become extremely cheap in comparison. You have pl places like planet fitness and 24 hour fitness pushing their prices as low as like $10 uh, a month. And like, you know, less than 50 bucks to join. That's so inexpensive. It's not a realistic model. It was a realistic model built off of knowing that more than half your members aren't showing up, but they're still paying you because the price is so cheap. Right. Now that a majority of these people were forced to figure out other ways of fitness, 
I think what you're going to see is the only way a gym will survive is to go in the direction of a more boutique model where they provide a higher end service. They can charge a higher dollar for those people that still love the gym atmosphere and they'll cater to that person versus building a model that what they thought was for everybody and convincing everybody just to spend $10 a month on their membership and their health, knowing that 80% of those people would only show up for three months and then more likely fall off, but keep paying them. I think that model is dying and potentially dead. And the only ones that will survive will be the ones that pivot into a more boutique style and, or start to really provide a virtual presence uh, that complements their brick and mortar. Yeah. You've got to find a way to, 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 to create more value if you're in that space, just because, I mean, all you are right now is a, is a space with equipment. So, right. you know, who, who's, who's to say that most of your people won't just have their own space with equipment and it's customized wow. to whatever the hell they want. They can just go downstairs, you know? So I don't, I, I agree. I think if you're not thinking about that, you're, you're going to be left in the dust for sure. Uh, yep. Adam, I appreciate your time, man. Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad uh, to have you. I'm, I'm thankful that you got on here in the morning uh, when it might not have been most convenient. Thank you for your words, your thoughts. Uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you, bro. It was a good time. And uh, make sure you let me know when uh, you put it out. I'll make sure to push it out on my end and uh, we'll do it again sometime. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe it is over already. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Hey, listen in. If you have a health and fitness goal that you are trying to reach, I don't know what else to say other than to say it must be a match made in heaven. If you didn't know already, Pullman Fitness exists to transform the body, mind, and spirit through personal coaching and sustainable fitness plans for any stage of life. So if you want to reach your goals, build sustainability, and enjoy life all at the same time, you guys got to check out Premier Coaching at Pullman Fitness. From custom tailored programming to 24-7 access to your personal coach, you'll have everything that you need to succeed. You guys can find out a lot more about Premier Coaching as well as our membership program at PullmanFitness.com. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, share the love by leaving a five-star review and introducing the podcast to your friends and family. As always, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, this is the podcast.